The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at Common Ground, M-I-N-N, CommonGroundMinnesota.com. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie March. Oh, they are starting a few renovations here in the studio. The man wall is still here for those of you keeping track. But <laughs> it is apparently on its way out. Are we going to like uh, steal some of our favorites and like not be known or not be yelled at for it now finally or what? Oh, I doubt that. Come on. It's Lori and Julia. They are the <laughs> Celine Dion of the- My Talk 107.1. They are the Mariah Carey's. This is true. So they told us. Yes. <laughs> so they told us. So exactly. we've been told. So we've been told. So I feel like we need to have a little moment. <laughs> and I've already told Stephanie I'm feeling emotional today because Dolores is on her way to get her vaccine right Ooh. now. She was supposed to get it last week. She showed up. My husband brought her. And she hadn't clicked all the things on the internet right. So the 87-year-old woman was very unhappy uh, and very sad because she was all excited. And it's nerve-wracking, too, right? Because you are getting a vaccine of a coronavirus, so there is this element of nerves. And so she's going today. But you start to think about, like, what that could mean. Like, does that mean we could have a little less vigilance with her and, you know, not have a test every time we try to get together with her. It just starts to open up like possibilities and you start to think about what could be possible. Yes. So what could be possible today is that yesterday was Stephanie's birthday. (laughs) That's a nice segue. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, A big birthday too. A big milestone. Are we saying... What? Are we saying? Oh, you said it on TV. Are you kidding me? Are we saying? (laughs) Right away in the morning, I got a your 50 on TV. So Did other people have messages too? Of course. And I told them it was okay. Okay. They asked me ahead of time. Because I had said I have my 50. The only reason they knew is because I told them. Okay. So then I said, and they asked me. This is Fox 9. Yeah, the lovely people at Fox 9. And and then uh, Sweet Abraham sent me a note saying, the producer is it okay if we say that you're 50? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not hiding from it. There's there's no, there's nothing ever but celebration of these years that tick by because dang, I've earned it. I, I was thinking that. I was saying I wrote you a card today and I was like, you know, you earn 50. You earn it. Like you and, show up and if you're still here and good, I'm good. I'm here. And it's a new, it's you get to a new place in your brain and I hate, it's the blankets, which I'm not going to say the word. It rhymes with Chuck. 
Oh, like, but there's, there's a blanket, like a snuggie or what? I'm no, like, I didn't get one of those. And our producer Hope is looking at us. Hope, there's something real, real. Like you're in your 20s and it's kind of angsty. You can say now gadget in my if you 30s. need to say that. Or did you just turn 30? I turned 30 in December. Okay. So I'm like, goodbye 20s. Yeah. And 20s so are kind of angsty yeah. and you don't know what you're going to be or yeah. you feel like you should be somewhere already. And then 30s, you kind of settle in, and 40s are usually taken up with like kids and stuff. I think it goes 30s. For me, it was 20s was all about me. 30s was a little bit about community and family. Either you're finding your job or you're having, you're getting married and you're having kids. So it's, it's about building your sort of structures. But then at 40s, for me, it was, oh, it's back to me now. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to find myself again. I miss myself. And now I feel like it's not really about me, but I don't, it doesn't have to be about anything. Like, it's just, I'm just here and I'm in a good place and I feel like I get to be, I get to have the things that I've worked really hard for and I'm excited to see what else comes along. And you're a grown ass adult. (laughs) So, you know, all the like insecurities, all the shoulda, woulda, coulda, somehow they just kind of don't feel as important. I would say that I don't think about like numbers of likes as much as I used to and I'm not chasing approval and all that kind of stuff. I do feel like... I'm, I feel more, I feel like there's a little bit more of a duty for me to do things, to use anything that I've built to help other people too. Like, I do feel like I want to, I'm driven more now to like donate and to volunteer and do things that I didn't need to, bef- that I wasn't driven for before. You know, someone said something on there, two things. Someone said something on the radio today on the drive in that I was thinking about. Which was that, like, the last 10 years have been about the rugged individualist. Oh, of course. Like, well, that's American just idea. Me, 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 and we're going to get there and we're going to make it. And he said he felt like there's been a shift to more if I do better, we all do better, like this community. There's a we. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's kind of what you just said. And yeah. Jason DeRussia wrote a really nice comment on your Instagram story. He said uh, something about, you know, there's a lot of food writers in town, but there's only one Stephanie March. And he mentioned the fact that you always are thinking about the reader, that it's it's true. It's what is service journalism and that you're always thinking about providing that service for the reader. Yeah, that was a really nice thing to say. And I loved that. Yeah, I think he um, I think he admires you for that. And well, he and I are and I mean, we're good friends and I appreciate him in his space. And we both, you know, I, he's a little lifeline because we have we're the only two like magazine food editors you know in the city right now True, you know i mean there's and rick has got his own bag and i appreciate him i appreciate sharon everybody who's doing this kind of gig but dersh and i kind of have this little funny thing so i feel really it's really warming that and and to be honest you guys everybody who sent a message yesterday i've not even been able to get through them and i want to thank everybody for for because you know, I are know, we having feels? We have feels. I'm We're not going to cry because I'm too tired. <laughs> but because I did dance on a lake until way late last night. But um, um, I do think that there's something to say about how we're all so isolated from each other. And yeah, I was going to have a big party. I was going to have a 50th birthday bash and I was going to have it benefit food shelves. I mean, I had all of the tickets arranged, you guys. And of course, it's just not going to happen this year. And so I feel like because of that, Everybody who reached out, it was just like there was this sort of big old party happening anyway. And so 
I can't thank you guys enough. I mean, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it it absolutely made it one of the best birthdays ever. Oh, see, so. and you are having the feels. Yeah, but I'm not crying. Are you crying? Almost. Okay, I'm not crying. I literally, almost, literally. So after you know, do we cry every week on the show I know, now? Hoping? Possibly hope. God, pretty it's much. Just, okay, it's a lot. It's been a. It's been but a that's big okay. year. <laughs> yeah, it's been a big year. It is, and I will say that doing the things that I did yesterday with. Uh, it was important. I was the funny thing was I what got. What did up, you do? So I went on TV and then I had I had pancakes with my sweet little Flory, who is Elisa Johnson's daughter, and they came over. And we had pancakes together, and then I went to go uh, to Matt Kenavan's house, and he's the former owner of the Growler, and he's the beer dabbler guy, and he and I and Allie Kaplan, of course, of the Shop Girls, who's on next after us, and you know Alexis Walsko of Lola who's Red, pregnant with twins, who's pregnant with twins. My God. They had said, hey, will you come chop wood? And they put out a bunch of dates. And, and at one point they said, hey, what about Friday the 29th? And I, and they were, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, well, I mean, it's my 50th birthday, but I guess, you know, and I thought about it, not doing anything else. You know, I was, except for working, and this was a good excuse, A, not to work. And then B, you know, what else would be better than doing something that gives back on your birthday. So I went to his house with Allie and, and Alexis and um, and Alex, a, wo- a woman from Fox 9. And we all chopped a bunch of wood and we split wood and everything else. And what he's doing with this wood is he's donating it to restaurants and bars for their fire pits. Because, you know, as we're all trying to be outside and still gather, you know, those the wood costs money. Yeah. And it's hard to source. And so, um, so he's donating it. He's just giving it away. And then he's also bringing it to homeless shelters. He said there's so much food. People are so d- good on the food thing. He's like, they are delivering food. There's piles of food at these homeless camps, and they are, it goes to waste. And he goes, it breaks my heart. And he's like, what else do they need? Like, what can I give them? And so he's bringing them fire for firewood. So Or firewood for wood for fire. So it was really, and if you guys want to Venmo him, I mean, like, he doesn't need as many volunteers. I think he's stacked up with volunteers, but he needs money so that he can buy the wood to make it, to then split it. You know, he buys these raw trees and then he goes to work and splits it. I will say too, he's super transparent about where the money goes. Like he had a hydraulic oil leak and he had to fix this piece of machinery and yeah. he, he just, he's, he's, he's a really interesting cat. He is. He's kind of a weirdo in yeah. all the good ways, but he's got a big heart. He's done good in this community. He's made some money. He wants to find a way to give back. He lost his business with the growler having to be well, put out of business. Yeah. And I mean, the dabbler's still going. He's got dabbler sure. in a box. And so we don't want to put them in the garbage or anything. But and this is actually a project he's calling dabbler and friends. And what I love about that, because we were kind of like, I'm like, do I get a hashtag? Do I how do I do this? And he said, if you just, you know, he's like, because I like it because it's dabbler and friends. And that means that at some point we're going to switch. Like, maybe we switch this charity or maybe we switch our our giving aim to something else so but it's if you want to venmo it's mike or i'm sorry it's matt dash kenevan k-e-n-e-v-e-n and it's on my instagram story or on my post if you want to see you can check that out too but but yeah and so doing that was wonderful and then i went to i know we gotta wrap up and then we went to uh grocer's table and sat outside at the fire pit some of the girls and i and then uh, a few of those splintered off and we went and we drove on to lake minnetonka parked our cars in a circle turned our headlights on and just had a little dance party for an hour or so i'm so jealous yeah, it was great. This sounds so fun it was great. all right we've got a great show coming up lots of fun feels we got you friends it's a sunny beautiful it's january snow today, day though. And we'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Jorritos.
Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen from Weekly Dish, and I just moved from St. Paul to a single-family home in Golden Valley. And I've bought and sold three homes in the last five years, so you'd think I'd be an expert, but I'm not. The real experts are Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty at CarrieAndSue.com. They will help you find the home that's right for you. When I bought my home, it was very stressful. We wrote three purchase agreements, and I dumped one home after inspection because it just wasn't right for me. When it was time for the final walkthrough in Golden Valley on the house that we did buy, there was a small issue that came up and I remember Sue telling me, don't worry, I won't let you buy this house if we can't get this resolved. And I believed her and the transaction got completed on time with the final adjustments we needed. Sue had so much experience and is really respected in her field. And when you're making such a huge purchase, you want to work with experienced agents. Carrie is super responsive. I never felt like I had to wait for her to get back to me. They're a small but mighty team and we drove all over the Twin Cities looking for my perfect home. Carrie was so great. She showed me three homes one afternoon and I didn't even have an appointment scheduled. Another time she called agents that worked a particular neighborhood I was interested in to see if any houses were coming on the market soon. So if you're selling your home or want to downsize, call Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee at Lakes Area Realty. That's C-A-R-R-I-E at CarrieAndSue.com. What is up with you? you like I don't going to be that kind of a show, ladies. Yeah, I don't have a lot invested in seriously, like being serious today. <laughs> well, if I get too serious, I'll probably start to cry because well, I'm feeling thing. a little like, emotional today. Keep it light. Um, all right. So I'm just going to preface that my segments today are all kind of dribsy and drabsy. So okay, <laughs> that's what I got going on. That's what you are. A lot of thinking about food this week. Um, yeah, a lot of thinking about food. <laughs> I got, okay, so at the beginning of like about two weeks ago, in my other life, that's not my radio life. I do work with small brands and makers in Minnesota, brands in Minnesota, and do things for them. Sure. One of the things that I do is I work on the Stone Arch Festival, Art and Bayfront Park in Duluth, and I work on Seavers Fall Festival and Holiday Lights. Mm-hmm. And we do these artisan markets. So what we do is we put applications out and people can apply to be a vendor at the market. Well, that's really an interesting thing to be doing right now because I was just telling Steph, on the one hand, people are really excited to get back to farmer's markets and getting back to going outside and talking with makers and buying their jams and their jellies and their honeys. And yeah, that's yeah. my jam. Like, yeah. I love helping this group of people. On the other hand, people are nervous, right? Because June is our first event. And it's like, are we going to be outside in June going to markets? Is our big festivals going to happen? I mean, Stone Arch is an open festival. It's not a ticketed event. It's right on Main Street in Minneapolis. Yeah. So people are like, I really want to get out there, but I don't know. And a lot of people got burned because they signed up for all these festivals and then they didn't get their fees back. That's the thing. So a lot of people lost a lot of money. So I'm having to like say, like, you can sign up and you'll get your money back if it doesn't happen. That's that was our policy last year. And so I was saying to Steph, I worked a whole year on all these markets And then I make my money on selling booths, but we gave all the money back because it didn't happen. Right. So this is my second year of working sort of on a hope and a prayer, which is great. I got it because I love meeting all these makers and hearing all about them. And it's been kind of a teeter-totter of you get excited and then you talk to someone who's scared and you're like, oh, I understand how they feel, but I still got to keep plowing ahead. Yeah. And vaccines are happening, right? You know, Dolores got her vaccine today. I got a notification from my hospital that they're starting to get. And I think like people are starting to get moving in this vaccination realm. Mm -hmm. And 
there was the Good Food Awards. And I bring this up because the Good Food Awards, I know it's random, but this is where my head was at. So someone that I pitched to be at one of these markets was like, hey, did you hear that we won a Good Food Award? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Amongst all of this, the James Beard Awards happen, not happening, you know, like uh, how much celebrating are we doing of these makers in an environment where it's super challenging? Yeah. Restaurants are just trying to gather their personal and staff mentalities and get out there in a safe way. So the Good Food Awards happen and the Good Food Awards are nationwide and they recognize makers in various regions. And we had some winners from the Twin Cities that I just want to shout out. And 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 these have been going on for years. Like this isn't they didn't just start this. So this is a pedigreed thing. I mean like this is important to people. And it's a big deal if you win. Mike Phillips from Red Table Meats has won a ton of them. Yeah, he's great. Um, so, uh, Redhead Creamery, which is in North Fork, um, they won for their Munster cheese. And what's funny about this cheese is we had it in our refrigerator because it was in the box that I got for the heavy table when we did that, uh, um, makers event. Yeah. And it has like a totally moldy rind on the outside. And I'm just staring at it in my refrigerator and thinking, well, this is an experiment gone bad. And Kurt finally ate it. And he yeah. was like, this is amazing. It's spectacular. Yeah. It's a, cause it's a whiskey rind. It's a whiskey washed Munster, I think, that they went for, which they have. They have the little Lucy Breeze. Yes. And I love those. They have so many great cheeses. Elise Showstrom is the redhead of the redhead. This is all just farmstead, meaning it's just on their farm. They just make this on their farm. Yeah, I finally, her and I have been trying to connect. I finally am going to do a podcast with her that's probably going to air in March. She's marvelous. I love her. Yeah, she really is Mm -hmm. just a cool human. Um, Okay, another one that won is Isidore Nuts. Yeah. And this is Tasha Colleen. And Isidore Nuts are nuts that have flavorings and seasonings on them. Yeah. And she won for her chai spiced pecans. Oh. I love these nuts. I buy them just to snack on them, but I also buy them for salads. Oh, yeah, because you like the sweet and the salad. I do, and I like it not in the dressing necessarily. I like it in that little crunchy bit. Yeah, so yeah. whether it's a cranberry or something. Sure. Um, so she won, and I first met her at the Stone Arch Market. She came a couple years ago, so it's fun to see her win. And then Grandma's Gourmet, who has made jellies, and they won for their blueberry lavender jam. I, this is the one that I don't know. This is the only one of these guys that I don't know. They're pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And they're from, I want to say Duluth. Oh. Um, they've been at the Faribault um, Market. And they were also in Rochester. Uh, Albert Lee, that's where they're from. Got Sorry. It. Got it. And they have great jams and jellies. Yep. And if you are someone that has tons of jelly in your refrigerator, again, I told you this is going to be a very driven drabby segment. Driven drabby. But here's something cool to do. So you got your Brussels sprouts, right? And you cut you cut your Brussels sprouts in half and you toss them with olive oil and salt. Yeah. Then you fry up a little chunks of bacon or you can use prosciutto or you can use um, what are the is it lardon? The squares? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get some porky, crispy goodness going, whatever that is, and then you set that aside. Then you put your Brussels sprouts down in your porky goodness fat. Okay, you take the pork out, but you leave the fat in the pan, and you put your Brussels sprouts upside down. Okay. Then you cook them on your stovetop, or you can roast them, but you wait, and you don't disturb them until they get that really caramelized underside on the bottom. Oof. Brownie or blackish even, you can go. Yep. And then... 
you put your Brussels sprouts in your pan or in your bowl. In your bowl. And then you put your pork in the bowl. And then you take jam or fig jam or orange marmalade, whatever you have in your refrigerator. And you put a tablespoon of that and two tablespoons of water and you shun, 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 and then you throw that in the pan and you get all that little bits and it caramelizes a little bit. And then you throw that onto your porky Brussels sprouty goodness, toss it. And that's your Brussels sprouts. Wow. So good. And so easy. And yeah, all of us have like little dribs and drams of honey or jams hanging around in the refrigerator. Yeah. It's a good way to use them. Yeah. For sure. One tablespoon to two tablespoons water. Okay. Okay. So that was a little aside on how to eat your Brussels sprouts. How to eat your Brussels sprouts with jam. Yes. If you like them sweet. One more is uh, a winner is hard switchel from Hobby Farmer Canning. And this is a like not a cider, not a hard cider, not a beer, not a switchel. It's a hard switchel. Have you had one of these yet? I don't think I've had hard switchel. Yeah, it's kind of a I've new just thing. Had switchel. So I'm excited about it. And they have a place in Keg and Case, but Keg and Case has been closed. They're still closed. I think so. I think so. Hmm. Um, yeah, they are. I mean, I know and they you are. You can but find I don't know it why. online. You can buy it online, but Good. I'm trying to get him um, to talk with me too. So hard switchel. Good. There was a great product, Superior Switchel. Yeah. And she sold the company. Well, she did. Yes. So I think someone's still making it, but it's not Melina. Because I feel like she won a good food award. She did. Two years ago. Yes. Which is kind of a weird thing, but it's super great if you're like a runner or you're using it as an electrolyte replacement. Yeah. there's. I mean, it's all over the co-ops. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. different brands and different kinds. But hers was really good. And I think, like I said, I think she won a couple awards. Delicious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that is the good food awards. That is how to cook Brussels sprouts. If you have a product and you're a maker, reach out to me. I'm doing markets. I'm scheduling podcasts. I'm trying to help all the makers in any way I can. Keeping busy. That's right. And when we come back, someone else is keeping busy. It might be our friends from Pajarito. (laughs) We will talk with them when we come back on the Weekly Dish presented by Makers Mark and Hornitos. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, I, we know that this is a weird time for restaurants. And, you know, one of the things that is such a bummer is when we have to talk about all the places that are closing. So I guess in a weird way, it's great to be able to say, welcome to the show, Steve Hesse. Oh, my God. You have just taken on 11 restaurants. Uh, yes, I have. And hi. And happy birthday as uh, well to you. Thank you very much. Obviously, yeah. Pajarito, you know, Steve Hesse, we've had you on before, and we, yep. you and Tig Nelson, um, own Pajarito, which is a, a show favorite. I mean, clearly, I think we like to think that we're responsible for you selling out of sweet potatoes, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and Brussels sprouts. And Brussels sprouts. And you also don't Absolutely. even know this, but you made big waves on the show when you served me a entire pig's head at St. Yeah. Paul College for an event. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, that was fun times. Hopefully we can get back there someday. Yes. Yeah, we will get back there. But before we do, you guys have some major news that popped this week. That is sort of, I thought about it and I was like kind of, my head started swimming for you because you guys had, you know, you you, you guys started with Pajarito on West 7th and that was your first like solo restaurant after you got, you and Tig had been, you know, operating different kinds of restaurants. And mm-hmm. you basically opened Edina. I mean, you tried to open Edina the week of <laughs> yeah. the shutdown in March. Yep. You yep. guys were about one of my days. last meals, like before the yeah, shutdown. About two days before they shut us down, we were planning on opening. So yeah. we 
we never really got there. We did open, of course, but yeah. not the way we particularly wanted to. No. And then and then news popped this week that you guys have taken on, I mean, a lot more restaurants. <laughs> Tell us yeah. a little bit about what's going on. Well, you know, we uh, long story short, long story short, story long, I suppose, either way you look at it, you know, Charlie Burroughs was our um, investor and partner in Pajarito. Yeah. So we've had a relationship for a long time. My wife actually had worked at Lucky's uh, 13 since the opening, you know, 13 years ago. So we've always had a relationship with it. Um, the opportunity, you know, he sold the company um, early 2019. And, of course, 2020 comes, pandemic. Everything's kind of up in the air. What's going on? Um, you know, the company that he had sold it to um, wasn't really into the interest of having. You know, they're they're not a they're a national company. They're not a local oh. company. So they they decided that it was maybe time not to have them anymore. And uh, we got approached with the idea of because we had a relationship with it because of my wife had worked there so long because Charlie, you know, the original owner was a partner of ours still that we had the opportunity to purchase the assets of the Lucky 13, the Yankee Tavern in Mean Julio. And we sat down and for months and months looked over paperwork and ideas and how we could, uh, you know, expand on it and what we could do if it was, you know, was the risk, did that outweigh the reward or vice versa? And we just decided, you know, we have such, my wife had such a heart there, a family there, things like that, that, we decided that it was in. We thought it was in our interest and the and the staff's interest and all the guests that had been coming there for years to give it an opportunity to thrive and stay afloat and keep going. So we we bought them. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love yeah. Lucky Thirteen. You don't even know this about me. I was just telling Steph. We I love that they have popcorn. Like that is my jam yep. when someone gives me free popcorn. But they yep. have like. You have such a great menu there, and there's a delicious walleye sandwich, and the chicken mm-hmm. sandwich is delicious. It's just like, it's great tavern food that just is mm-hmm. exactly hits on all cylinders when you want that. Exactly, and that's, you know, that's our main goal is we know what it has done. And I mean, like I said, my wife worked there for 13 years, and I've been there, I can't even tell you how many times. Um, and that's why when the opportunity came up that I knew that this style of place could really you know, it was really good for Ty and I and Charlie to kind of keep going with and, and, you know, with me and Ty being aboard and updating some of the menu stuff in the future here and, excuse me, doing that, that we thought, we thought what a great opportunity for us and to walk in from one restaurant to two restaurants to 13 restaurants within such little time. And, but the great part is, is that, you know, Charlie built this company in the beginning, you know, 13 years ago. So we have him, to really guide us on, on on the staff and the expectations and his ideas of what it was when it was there, this neighborhood family. They were always so nice. Group. Yeah, you'd walk yep. in yeah. and like the hostess, we'd go there when Ellie was, was littler too and the hostess would always give her a dum-dum sucker. You know, mm-hmm. they had bingo. I, I loved playing bingo at Lucky's. I hope bingo yep. comes back when I can get out. Oh, into... it's back. We have it already. Oh. It's still there. Yep. Love bingo. And the wings. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah, we're we're super ecstatic. This opportunity was great for us. You know, we we've been talking about expanding. Um, you know, after everybody got through the pandemic, pandemic of course, is try to figure out what we could do. And you know, we really like suburban style restaurants as well as you know city style restaurants. So we thought, what could we do different? And then this came up, and we said, well, that's already there. Let's just expand on it and 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 go from here and help improve. And the the staff is family to us. I mean, I know. 
Um, you know, I know 50% of the staff at the restaurant, you know, yeah. most of them, they <laughs> all came from, they all came from working with my wife and working with Charlie and I've been going in there and visiting people for years and years. And, you know, one of the managers, I was there at our wedding. I was in their wedding. I mean, it was it's one of those things, like it, it's a family. We just walked in and they were happy that a local family owned group is coming back in to, yeah. to take it, you know, to, to own it again. So, um, we hope it's a positive thing for the guests and the staff. And now the work begins of, you know, figuring out where we're going from here and the well, pandemic and when, is, when it gets over, what do we do? This is the big question, man, because like you guys, I know yeah. that you and Ty come from, you know, you had your stints at Parasoli, which is a multi-unit yep. company. We like to say multi-unit yep. in the industry. Um, and yep. But this is, dude, <laughs> this is like <laughs> restaurants in Fargo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you are, yeah. you guys are going to be spread. I mean, have you th- thought about how you're going to do that? Are you going to have like, you know, times where you're up in Fargo or, I mean, how's that going to work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's already infrastructure there that we, when we purchase the assets, you know, of course the staff comes with it. And yeah. We, we sit down and talk to them. We have uh, a corporate chef that works really well with that style and, we have regional managers and we have in-house accounting and things like that. So structures are there. It's just so it's in place. our wing and, and kind of showing what we need to do. So, you know, we have a regional manager that already goes to Fargo. We've been up there a few times already because we've been looking at um, where we did in this purchase. We took over a, a place called True Blue, yeah. which was a steakhouse that hadn't reopened yet that we are reconcepting. So we kind of been up there anyways, even last year uh, doing things like this. So we, you know, we have really good managers. We have good staff. You know, Pajarito, our managers and our staff there are really our backbone to make sure that that's running the way Tig and I expected it to, and they're doing a great job. We would never have done it if we didn't feel that Pajarito was in good hands with the chefs that were there and the GMs that were there and the bar managers right. that are there. So, um, you know, we're not, of course, walking away from Pajarito. We'll be there. We'll be just like we are. We <laughs> I put more miles on my car in the last three weeks than I have in the last. I was going to say you need to think about economizing on your gas car. car. Yeah, I, I might have to get a Prius at this point. Uh, Don't someone will steal the uh, catalytic converter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been pretty crazy, but it's been fun. It's been something different. You know, it's it's a new chapter in our books. I think to really expand what we want to do, and it's it's exciting. And I'm I'm excited to change some things. I'm excited to, you know, we got the Rosemount. Clover, the Clover is going to be opening in March. Tell sometime. us, tell us so, a little bit about what the Clover is going to be. Well, the Clover, the name, the Clover, of course, is you know out of Rosemont because of the Irish down there. Oh yeah, um, it's not it's not an Irish bar by any means. We're going to focus mainly on um, house roast beef sandwiches that I think um, we're working on development right now. I'm doing really nice, you know, a couple different sizes of slice to order roast beef with regional favorite. Um, components to it, so like a Philly cheese or uh, beef on whack or uh, torta down south, things like that. We want to use that beef in multiple ways like people have been doing with burgers and with wings, things like that, so we're going to kind of focus on that way. Um, Very family-friendly, you know, we'll have cocktails, we'll have beer, tap, all that, things like that. Uh, Pull tabs, of course, you know, people love pull tabs and gambling and bingo, And um, but, you know, we want to, we really want to focus on the food and, and the atmosphere, and we it's 90% done with construction right now. And it looks completely different than your Rudy's Supper Club it was before. Um, so, yeah, we're super excited. Now it's just development time. Right. And this is sort of the buckle down. Um, yep. And kind of get it done. And are you thinking that, like, so, I, I mean, because these are all different 
Is it like, are you and Charlie and Tag, you guys are kind of equal partners in all of this now? And you guys are all going to, is there like one person who's like the CEO of it all or? Um, well, you know, right now I'm still the president of the company, you know, but we, we never, that just, that's just a title because you need one as a company. I mean, we Got work it. together every day. We meet every morning. Uh, we meet with the regional managers every week. Um, we, I mean, we've been doing everything together. You know, it's not like one person has a say or one idea. We've been throwing around. <laughs> I mean, our menu, we started for the Clover had about 150 items on it. And now we're going down to the, you know, the, the sweet spot of, you know, 35, 40 items. So, right. Um, it's been a very, uh, you know, all of us are working together every day. We meet every morning and we just, we're getting on task to figure out how to go forward and how to make it the best for our staff. One is most important. And then our guests are number two. I think, and that's the thing is, I think that's going to keep you guys strong, you know, by building up this thing is that because you guys have been this unit that's been so strong before to not, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the big fear is like you get separated and then everyone gets disjointed, but it feels like you guys have kind of a nice path, you know, that you've already sort of laid out. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been working on this uh, for months, so we've kind of had a plan of, you know, where we're going to go, who's going to take what tasks. I mean, we all can't do the same thing at the same time, but we can all sit down and spread out things together and say, okay, I'm going to take this, you take this, you take this. Let's, this, we're all in agreement on this is the direction we're going. Let's go. Uh, and then we meet back later on that day or the next day and go over it again. So the first few weeks has just been, you know, admin stuff, trying to make sure that, you know, the staff is getting paid correctly, that, um, you know, everybody's aware that, you know, we now are in charge of it, that we bought the assets, that we're trying to, you know, rejuvenate a little bit, things like that. And then we'll start moving into, you know, menu development, cocktails, happy hours, things like that down the road. So. Well, it doesn't hurt that you're super nice, super kind. It's <laughs> good, thank you. You're you're more Phil Roberts children, right? More Parasole people that go out into the world. I think they're mm-hmm. more Tim McKee people. Let's yeah, be clear. Let's call yeah. it that. That's, then. I but, think that's yeah. way more appropriate. Tim McKee has Absolutely. helped and influenced so many local groups, oh. and yeah, you just can't say enough a about weeks that. Ago, guy. We we told him what was going on, and he said, "Oh my gosh." You guys need some help. You know, you need a dishwasher. Yeah. I said, Tim, you know, I wouldn't have, we would, me and Tag would have never been in this position if it wasn't for you to teach us what we do yeah. as chefs. That it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be in this position for Charlie to teach us the business part. Because for the last four years, Charlie's, I mean, opened and sold, you know, 30 some restaurants with the axles and bonfires yeah. and then the Luckies and, you know, all these different concepts. So for him to help us with that part of the aspect of it and then, you know, growing up working with Tim and, and companies like, and guys like that to teach us you know, what food is and, and how to approach it and business. I think, I hope, you know, I hope we're in a position to make this a long. Yes, yes, you are. Yes. You Thanks are. for Thanks vibrant so company. So. We're going to come back on the other side with the Ask Stephanie portion, 651-641-1071. If you want to tell us about the Brussels sprouts at Pajarito, we are here for you when we come back on the Weekly Dish. Oh, there, Rob Thomas, you old Matchbox 20-er. <laughs> Hey there, this is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show where you can call in and ask us questions. You can share thoughts about meal kits you've tried. You can talk about restaurants that someone just texted me and said, I am planning a big birthday party. Would Jack's in Minneapolis be somewhere that you would go? I was like, yes, I would go to Jack's. That's a fun spot. And it's got that old school charm and it's are they open? Owned. Yes, they are. Oh, open. great then. 
Uh, Brian is on the line, 651-641-1071 if you want to call in. Hi, Brian. Hi. How's, how's everybody doing? Good. Everybody's so good. doing good today. Do we know what the number one song was the week of January 23rd, 1971 on the Billboard Book of Top 40 Hits? Um, Let me guess. Is it? No, it's not Air Supply. No, it would be... I don't know. What is it? Build Knock me up. Three Times by Dawn. Oh, knock three times yep. on the ceiling if you want me. Like Very the, nice. The, the week they were born, the number one song. Awesome. Brian, this Thank is you, Brian. good birthday trivia. I Thank love this. Thank you so much for sharing that I as love we that. celebrate Stephanie March's 50. You're 50. All right. We have Jane on the line. Hello, Jane. 651-641-1071 if you want to call in. Hi, Jane. What can we do for you? Hi. Um, well, happy birthday, first of all. Thanks, all of Jane. Um, listen, I'm doing a kitchen remodel, Ooh. and I'm researching appliances. Yes. And something popped up called a convection microwave. Uh-huh. I have real feels about this, Jane. Oh, uh, good. I'm glad I called because it sounds like it's wonderful, but I don't trust it. Okay. So. Do you have a convection oven, or will you have a convection oven? Um, yes. Okay. You do not need a convection microwave. Okay. If you have a convection oven, you will use it constantly. It's wonderful. It speeds up roasting vegetables. It's great for baking. When you're doing a roast chicken, it gives that super beautiful skin. I just feel like a microwave for most people is a reheating vessel or a heating up water or coffee. Most people aren't going to like cook a whole chicken in a microwave because if you have a convection oven, you would cook that in the oven. I don't okay. feel like there's huge don't time savings. Both. I don't feel like you need them both. I feel like you can get a nice microwave or even a $30 counter microwave for what you need a microwave for, and it's just overkill. I never okay. used mine, and I've had two. I have another question. Yep. I, um, I right now have a, an oven that takes 15 minutes to heat up, so I, I have a toaster oven, a Cuisinart, I use all the time. If I get a new good stove with a convection oven, would I, could I get rid of that toaster oven because... It would heat up faster and cook as well. And I mean, it kind of depends. Are you cooking pizza rolls or what right. are you cooking in the toaster oven? Oh, I, I cook um, chicken over stuffing and every, almost every little roast and everything. In the toaster oven? So you're not even using your oven at all then? I do, but I use the toaster oven more because it's just the two of us. We don't have big portions. So, so and it's a- faster, you're saying, to heat up there. Yeah, and I thought I'm using less energy because it's, you know, I'm not heating up that whole big stove. But if I get a good, a good stove, it's going to be gas. Or I'm not using electricity. Yeah, um, okay. I'm going to... I'm, I'm having a hard time. I don't I, know. Yeah, because here's what I will say. I, am, I would never have used my toaster oven like that. So now I'm going to say, because of the way you're using your toaster oven, maybe you would appreciate the convection microwave. But I don't ever think about that it's more energy savings to use a microwave convection versus just turning on my stove. I use my stove all the time. Okay. That's question two, three. Can okay. I ask three. one more? Yep. I'm, I've also seen that the convection ovens have an air fryer Oh, that's the well. new thing, right? Which basically an air fryer is a convection oven. So, I mean, like... That's the same function that they're using for it. They're just packaging it as air fryer. But it's, if you have a convection oven, you basically have an air convection fryer. Convection is just blowing air around with Which fans. is what those air fryers are. So they're charging you more and putting a fancy name on it. Yeah. Probably. I mean, they may have like a specific little setting that keeps it kind of small and close or something. I don't know. But but I don't know. An air you fryer. Don't know much of- 
you don't. Okay. It, this is interesting thing. talk, though. Yeah. We should figure just, this out. My sister is remodeling her kitchen, and we just had this whole conversation because she was getting sold the convection microwave. And I was like, you'll never use it. You just won't. It's just hard to know if you have. I mean, I had a convection oven for years, and I never used the convection feature because I, you know, I don't know why I, I never use did. my convection every day. I miss it now that I don't have it. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And electric stoves. I have one that's gas on the top and electric inside, which I thought I was going to hate because it it has much more regulated heat. Oh, interesting. But gas on the top. Interesting. Yeah. And I thought I was going to hate it. That's called dual temperature, dual something. And it's GE, the one I have, GE source, I think. It has a lower oven too. So I literally have two ovens. Mm -hmm. I have an oven drawer, a full oven, and then it's gas on the top. It's pretty great. Yeah, you walked into a house that was yeah, and I thought I have food to buy another wolf, you know, uh, and it's pretty great. We so. should we should like maybe do like a whole segment on this. Oh kind yeah, because I got dishwasher feels. Yeah. All right, gotta cut I you off. Love it if you do a segment. Thank okay, you. we'll Next do week. it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, we have Janie on the line, or no? We just got rid of Jane. We have Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, I have a comment about the convection oh, microwave. Please. Do it. Do it. Okay. I have had probably four of them in my house. I use that thing constantly. Okay. And I, my favorite thing for the convection oven, I cook all of my meats and everything in there. But if you want to make one batch of cookies, one pan of cookies, you can put the rest of the dough in the fridge and make another pan tomorrow. I love turning that little convection oven on for a pan of cookies. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Love that. Good feedback. Because I just, um, I would never cook a pan of cookies. I would cook a whole 36 of them and give right. them the away. The perspective is, that, but I mean, and that's, I do agree that there's like times when you're doing something smaller, you know, and that. I'm never a smaller and that's probably why I'm just like, why would well, you, you spend have a the freezer money for problem. that? Let's be clear. Yeah. Well, and I'm eating down my freezer stuff. I'm I actually know, doing But I'm just good. saying you haven't ever switched from, you know, you just always batch. Yes. You always batch. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's the kind of cook you are. And there are definitely people out there who would be in your situation because it's you and Kurt. That's it. Yeah. Who would think, okay, well, I'm not going to waste time or space or everything else. We're just going to go efficient. And, and I need small. to maybe, yeah, my sister's having these same questions. So, yeah, maybe we do, do a, a segment, segment on this. Let's get a, let's get a, like, a appliance a expert. <laughs> not Stephanie Hansen. So not, what are you saying, Not Stephanie? us telling our, our life-focused opinions, but maybe some actual <laughs> information and content. Maybe. maybe. Real content. All right. Well, on the other side of the show, we've got the top two in hour two coming up. We have, we're going to talk a little Super Bowl. There's some Super Bowl kits out there we should talk about. Yes, because that's coming. I know that we all like to make our wings. I mean, I swear to God, we could have an entire I'm show doing of a like, wing segment next week. Are you, yep. <laughs> Don't steal my thunder. No, I'm. Ta- that's my point. Like we have an entire time to talk about making wings, and every year we do a segment of like how to make the best wings, and it's brilliant. Every on November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era. When the NFL debuts in Germany, live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network.